Welcome to the Collector's Corner, a podcast by the Wax Junkies. Stay tuned and on track. Let's talk about all things wax. All right, welcome to the first episode of the Wax Junkies, the Collector's Corner. I am your host, and I'm joined by my faithful sidekick, Kenderson Bay. Yes, sir. So we want to start off every episode sharing one card that we're excited about. Maybe it's something we just got, but Kenderson... You want to show us your card? Sure. Uh, I went to the San Jose card show, and it was an outdoor show, and I picked up a Shea Gilgis Alexander PSA 9 Silver. Rookie, rookie Price on this dropped considerably, so it was very affordable for $135, which matched the latest eBay comp. Okay. So I'm pretty excited about that. Show them a little of that refraction. Show them a little of that refraction. There we go. Yeah, yeah, So lately, I've just been trying to pick up shiny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, man. And and that's the thing. Shay, like, you know, he's really talented on any given night. He can score a bunch of points, and people have long forgotten about him, right? That's true. That's true. Yep. Yeah. That's my rookie class, too. And, I mean, maybe not forgotten about, but he showed considerable amount of gain last season during the finals, or a leap, I should say. Um, he was a high draft pick in 2018, but you know, centers usually take a while to develop. And, um, so this is an on-card auto, uh, obviously that's a key thing. And then it also refracts, it's numbered, um, DeAndre Ayton select, which is also a brand that people are high on. So I actually really like this card because I think going into the new NBA season, which is about to start soon, um, people are going to have fairly good thoughts about him, right? So what do you like about DeAndre Eaton's game? What specifically oh, go do you there. like about his game? No, I think for a center, he's actually, um, he's developing really well, you know? Like, he's not sloppy with it. Um, you look at someone like Wiseman, who's still in his early stages of developing, he makes a lot of mistakes. But with Eaton, he's actually kind of figured out his his role, and he knows when you look at him, he doesn't look like he's lost, you know? He he knows what he's trying to do. But I think he needs to just work on his scoring a little bit more. But with the playoff experience and the way that he's been moving, he's headed in the right direction. Okay. Let's move on to sort of real brief how we got to where we are with cards. I'll start off with uh, myself. My first baseball card pack was a 1989 Tops. Okay. Uh, I was an a Oakland A's fan, and I collected the Oakland A's team. And that year, the Oakland A's beat the, the San Francisco Giants in the World Series in the Battle, Battle of, the of the Bay. That's right. And uh, there was a guy named uh, Ken Griffey Jr. His rookie card was that year. And I decided, hey, that guy has the same name as me. That's pretty cool. I'll start collecting Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards. Then. That's the reason why you collected him, because of the same name? Yes, sir. That's actually, uh, you got lucky then. Cause... Actually, what I wanted was Jerome Walton, if you remember 1989 Chicago Cubs. Sure. He was also the rookie of the year for the National League. I didn't pull any Jerome Waltons, so I was... Uh, I always wanted Jerome Walton rookies. It never really happened, but I ended up getting Ken Griffey Juniors. So then how did you end up to this point? Like, were you always collecting cards? I mean, that's a long time. So I spent a lot of time just throwing away my commons and just keeping the stars and rookies and then stockpiling them. And then I have a bunch of boxes of them. Um, so stopped at around 97. And when Ichiro came out, I started collecting a little bit again. And then whenever I'd be in the uh, Target or Walmart or something, I'd pick up boxes and I'd get Anthony Davis or Draymond Green rookies um, from packs, and I'd just stockpile them. I'd never sold a card before, and that's what happened. So I just kept them and hoarded them. 
Yeah, so you're a true collector, basically. Yes, sir. Tell me about you. How did you get started? What well, was your first and, pack? No, that just reminds me. That's the interesting thing is like, you know, when we were kids, for the most part, at least from what I remember, it wasn't like we were in there to make money. You know, that's yep. the difference between now. I feel like a lot of kids know what they're doing. They're buying, flipping cards, selling, making money. Back then, we were just collecting to purely collect. And I'm not sure that we can go back to that exactly, but it's just what it was. And I feel like at that time, everybody in my school, like a lot of the boys, they all collected cards. And after school, you would show your cards. You would, you know, trade. It was definitely a very mainstream common thing. Um, that's how I started. It was in the 80s. I had my cards. There was also a, a card shop nearby that I used to go to. And in hindsight, I know that guy probably ripped me off a couple times because, or just, you know, his. Uh, that's the thing, right? The old card shops, the ones that are outdated, they have high prices and, you know, some bad condition raw cars and they, you know, it's not always the best. Um, so I give props to like shops like Burbank who are doing trying to try to modernize card shops. Um, But anyway, so we had that. And then I pretty much stopped collecting, got out of that for a while, um, checked out the shops like here and there. And then finally, I think it was like a few months before the pandemic, me and my buddy were actually talking about cards and collecting when we're kids and talking about different players you know, talking about all the different guys, you know, the Chipper Jones, the Griffies, the Jose's, the Maguire's, and yeah, all those guys from that era. And then we decided, yo, let's go check out a card shop. So we went to Burbank, um, looked it up. I didn't even know about that shop at the time and just decided to go because it was one of the closest ones. So we went and I had no idea what was going on, man. I went inside the shop and I saw Prism, Select, you know, all these stuff. I mean, I knew Don Russ because that was from our era, but I had no idea, man. There's so many brands, man. Yes, like when you are new to this hobby, it's such a high learning curve because you, I mean, it's not simple. And so my friend did some research, so he knew what was going on, but I was lost. So that was the end of that. And then pandemic happened. And then, you know, what happened, like the barn doors open and everybody kind of started getting into it. That's true. Um, and then fast forward. The next big thing was I want to go to the national. We didn't even know if pandemic would be cool, like what the situation would be. But, you know, there was light at the end of the tunnel. So me and some buddies decided, hey, we're going to like just book this flight to Chicago and see what's good. And I remember it was like, what, a week before that, um, because we had been communicating here and there about cards during the pandemic. You hit me up and said, hey, are you going to the national? And... What happened? Last minute you decided to go, right? Last minute I decided to go. I flew yeah. in there on a Wednesday night, went to preview night, and met up with you at trade night on Thursday. Yeah, and we almost didn't meet up, right? Like, I think the trains were getting crazy because there was so much going on in Chicago. You had Lollapalooza, which is one of yep. the biggest music festivals in the country. Man, the trains were bogged down, right? Those were crazy. Yeah, the subways were very were delayed by a couple hours. Maybe, I'd say an hour at least. Yeah, sometimes yeah. the train wouldn't even come. Yeah. So you were supposed to meet me at this trade night that was being thrown by Car Collector 2. Yeah. Huge trade night. I mean, there were thousands of people there, man. Um, and I remember, like, walking in to the room, and there were all these people waiting before the doors open. And right when you walk in, you see a huge ballroom. You see tables. And then you see a setup in the center 
which had food and drinks, right? And I'd just gotten off a flight, man, and I was ready to have something. And then I looked around the room, huge room. Every single table was taken except for one. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go straight to the table. So I stood at the table, standing there by myself. A couple of people came up to chat. And, you know, what's really cool is, like, you know, it's not that... It, it's really easy to just chat with other collectors, man. And yeah. the commonality just shows itself so quickly. And you're able to just chat very easily and like meet new people. And all kinds of people start coming by. It was to the point where I couldn't even leave the table because there was so much activity going on. Yeah. Right? At one point, there were so many people at the table. Like, I had my head one way. And then there was another guy trying to show me cards from the other side. You know, you had people talking to you. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, so I met up with you, and uh, you had a table set up, and you had laid out some cards. So you asked me to lay down some cards. I was like, sure, why not? I'll lay down some cards just so people can admire my collection. Yeah. I've never actually sold a card before, so I just thought... Yeah, I wanted you to try to experience that, man. Like, I love to see, like, new people get a sale for the first time in person rather than, like, on eBay or whatever. But this is even crazier because this is your first sale, period. Yes, it's my first uh, card sale period. So yeah. talk about that. Like- so during the pandemic, I had bought some Shohei Otani rookies for a very cheap price. He'd been injured for a couple years. And right? what's cheap? Um, cheap as in $5 a piece. That's cheap. I bought five of them. And uh, at the show, at a trade night, a guy came up to me. He said, I'll offer you 250 for one Otani, 500 for two. Ooh. Like sure, five hundred bucks for two. I was reluctant to sell it to him because I wanted to keep it. I was yeah. sentimentally attached to the card. But yeah. fortunately, I now just, think I, about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Two fifty yeah. from five dollars—that's fifty x, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean that's insane. Like return. Yeah. So I decided, sure, why not? I let two of them go for five hundred, and then I also sold you one for one eighty. <laughs> <And then laughs> you didn't need to talk about that part, bro. So I have about like you know. Had a good chunk of change in my pocket. Do you feel nice. good in your soul that you just made like almost uh, 45x on your friend, dude? Yeah, and I still had two more Otanis left, you know, so. You bastard. I was pretty excited about that. It was a very thrilling experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's the game though, right? Like that's the game. That's what happens. Like these prices will change on you in an instant. It will. And uh, you had a Mike Tyson autograph card that a lot yeah. of people kept walking by and asking about. Yes, they were. Yeah, and eventually I did get rid of it that... Uh, that trip at the end of the trip right remember what happened like so this is the dopest thing about the national and any of these events is like if you're not afraid to talk to people um you will find amazing opportunities and meet cool people along the way so i still keep in touch with some of these guys where i remember the last day we were all looking for another trade night remember so we're walking around to the different hotels and we ran into these two kids that were doing the same. So we ended up walking to different hotels together. And then we couldn't find the trade night because obviously it was the last day of the event. A lot of people probably left. So, of course, we're like, well, what do you guys have? You know, like what's in your box? And that's when everything opened up, right? Yes, sir. I remember we're on the side of the street, literally at a huge intersection um, in front of the National, just had our boxes open trading. I remember we had called the Uber, so the Uber came by like last, like the last like five minutes of our trade. Yeah, and you told the Uber driver to wait. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, hey, so I mean, finish up a trade. What would you do, right? Like, you, you got to finish up this trade, man. Like, the Uber yeah. can wait. The Uber can go, bro. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that was actually where I traded away my Tyson Auto. Yeah, for a chance at Shohei Otani, you were just so high on Shohei Otani. And hey, Shohei Otani PC. And, and hey, since then he's been hitting dingers left and right and stealing bases, but we won't go into all that. Um, okay. So. What was your overall impression of the national then? Like, what was your experience? I mean, obviously the trade night was amazing, um, at least for me. I mean, trade night was amazing for you too, right? Well, yeah. So that was my first national convention ever. Growing up, I'd read Beckett magazines, and I'd always th- see this. Uh, this is the number one largest sports card convention in America. And it was always held in the Midwest, and being from the West Coast, I wasn't able to attend. <clears throat> but as an adult, I realized, hey, I should just at least put this – and go because it's on my bucket list and uh it, it was it was an amazing experience i'd like to definitely go again and what about you was that your first trade uh national convention first national man and like just knowing that it was shut down for years and then i saw so much video and like material about it so i knew what to expect sort of and i kind of had a game plan laid out and i thought it was really cool man i mean don't get me wrong there were deals to be had there were I mean, a lot of things to see there. And overall, I had a great experience. But quite frankly, like the trade night for me is was almost better than the actual show. Like, I don't get me wrong. The show was worth it, too. But I guess what I'm saying is without the trade night, it wouldn't have been the same level of satisfaction for me from that show. Because, you know, a lot of people have talked about it. The dealers are some of the same dealers you've seen around. I mean, they got bills to pay. You know, they're they're paying for an expensive table there, and they need to get their return. So, definitely, the values for the pickups uh, for trading and buying are from other collectors themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the stuff that I found value in at the national itself were raw cards. I feel like if you're buying slab stuff, like if you're buying like super high end stuff that you probably won't see too much then it's worth shelling out the money because obviously it is what it is but if you know what comps are and if you are playing that whole game yeah rock cards and i think the climate of psa shutting down all that stuff has something to do with it too definitely i wasn't looking for raw cards particularly i was looking for psa slabs but yes uh i feel like the value definitely was with the raw cards with psa shutting down psa did open up a booth there for like express yeah. They would give you back your card by the end of the weekend for $200 card, bucks. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Some people were making big moves with that. I yeah. mean... Tell me about your best pickups at Nationals. What did you pick up at Nationals? Huh. My best pickups. That's a good question. It seems so long ago now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about mine. Mine's was a PSA 9 Ansu Fati. Yeah. Oh, you got that uh, there? Sapphire. I picked... Yeah, I picked that okay. up from another collector for $150, and I just recently sold it three days ago for Somebody couldn't wait to talk about that. which after eBay fees is 280 which was a nice little flip. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a good pickup, man, because quite honestly, yeah, Ansu Fati at some point was like, it was just dirt cheap for that card. Yes, sir. And another pickup that I had was uh, Anthony Volpe. These are his mega autos right here. Yeah. This guy was like a Yankees prospect at shortstop. Yeah. Uh, a couple, I'd say about a week ago, 
he got rated than the Yankees' number one prospect above Jason Dominguez. So that was a nice pickup, and his cards definitely doubled in value. Okay, how much did you get those for? I got those for 75 each. 75 each? Oh, man. Yes, 75 sir. for an and auto. Now, is that on card? This is, wow, it is on card. Yeah. Yes, yeah, now on, on card. And also, I mean, you're high on Yankees. I mean, look at you, you know. For those yeah. that can't see and are listening, uh, this guy got New York on everything. Like, can we address the elephant in the room here? Like, how did that happen? A Yankees guy, but you're from the Bay Area. You started collecting A's guys. So what was the deal there? Well, the deal is from 1900 to the year 2000, the Yankees won 25 World Series. That means... They won 25% of the World Series. That yeah. means the Yankees, on average, win a World Series once every four years. So it's very difficult to okay, be, Andrew Yang. not be a fan of the Yankees. A bandwagon jumper, basically, is what you're saying, huh? Absolutely, yeah. As a kid, <laughs> you know. Hey, that's why I respect you, man. You keep it real. Yeah. All right. So, hey, guys, that's just a quick recap of the National. Um, just wanted to give you our thoughts. And um, do you think you'll be going back next year? I absolutely do. What about you? Well, it's possible, man. Who knows what's going to happen in a year from now? But I will say, being in SoCal, we're blessed with so many shows, so many shows, so many card shops, and there's no shortage of collectors and people to trade with and dealers to buy from. So we'll have to see. But um, I will say it it all depends on where you're at and what you're looking to do, right? So, yeah, it's possible. Absolutely. There are a lot of autograph signings there that are pretty interesting as well. So if you get the VIP package and mm-hmm. get there early, you might be able to get some autograph uh, signings, players. getting your yeah. cards like reencapsulated or like, you know, getting graded or rock hard review, um, buying boxes, getting those redemption packs. Yo, the redemption packs were fun. Yeah, they definitely were. I'd recommend at least checking out the national once. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. If yeah, you're deep in I the do cards. feel like. I do feel like you do get the same value and the uh, the same experience with uh, just going down to Los Angeles and just hanging out with their trade nights. Yeah, I mean, it's well. definitely like yeah. on a smaller scale, but yeah, it, you get a taste of Absolutely. it. Yeah. It just really depends, man, because the National, too, like being in Chicago, you know, half of the trip for us was also experiencing Chicago. So it's not a hard city to love if you want to enjoy the food, the sights. The music, the culture, the sports. Yeah, I'd never been to Chicago before that. Um, I actually had the best pizza of my entire life there at a place called Coal Fire, which was absolutely delicious. Ooh, yeah, you're dropping too many gems right now. Yeah, so it was like all things kind of wrapped into one that made it really cool. But guess what? Okay. I will definitely what? be at the National when it comes to SoCal. Okay, okay. I hope it does. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that was uh, a good wrap up. And um, for anyone that has any questions, feel free to hit us on the Wax Junkies on Instagram and we will get to your DMs and comments. See you on the next episode. Peace. Take care.